Sources is a podcast made by women for women. We talk with a wide variety of experts, ranging from a sex therapist to the CDC and everywhere in between to bring you the stories you're only going to hear here. Our goal is to entertain and educate because it's more clear now than ever just how much we as women are doing as parents, as spouses, employees, just as everything. Don't miss out on being in the know. Subscribe to Soul Source wherever you listen to podcasts today. Leave us a review too, because this part's really important. When you leave those reviews, that's how we're able to continue bringing you the content you love each and every week. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're about to get started. Hi, Soul Source Society. It's Tracy and Katie again. Raquel always says we're on the mic. So we're on the mic to talk about another hard topic. Yeah, this one is a challenging one. Um, Raquel recently talked with Sandy Kirkham, and this is uh, the episode that you guys are going to hear next week on Soul Source. She's the author of a book called Let Me Pray Upon You. Um, and because you're listening, pray is P-R-E-Y. Uh, and it's a, it's a book, and Sandy's going to share the story um, of her own experience of how she was groomed and abused by her youth pastor when she was a teen. It's really, really tough. Really tough. Very thankfully, neither of us have had any personal experiences with what something like Sandy had gone through. But I think stories like hers hit us really hard, especially now that we're moms. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Sandy's story, you know, it, her experience happened when she was, was young. And, um, you know, as a mom, you, as any parent, want to do everything in your power to protect your kids and make sure they're safe. And, you know, Sandy's story is, is especially hard to hear because she was in, I think, what most of us would consider a safe space, a church, right? Right. Um, and that's where I really got thinking, like, wow, I, I do send my kids to not a ton of places because we're in the middle of a pandemic, but to places where you have this just automatic trust, this feeling of they'll be taken care of. They're in the hands of good people. Right. But also like as working moms, you, you don't totally have the choice in the matter either. Um, You know, I I trust myself with my son, of course, but I work full time, Mm -hmm. as does my husband. So I have to get him somewhere. And, you know, my family, they also work. And, you know, my mom is retired, but she is living that retirement life. So I'm not going to dump a two-year-old on her 100% of the time, which means he has to go to daycare and he's going to have to go to school. And so then I think hearing things like with Sandy, a young girl in a church setting um, Mm -hmm. and then going through unbelievable trauma is, it's just really, really scary to think about where you have to send your kids somewhere and it's a place that you trust and then all of this could be happening. And it's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you, you know, my son just started preschool and um, we enrolled him in the school that we did because it uh, is close to where our child care provider lives. Um, That was truly my single vetting point. Right. Um, And 
great school. We really, really love it. But when you hear stories like Sandy's, you wonder. I, I didn't do a lot of research. I, did, I didn't meet with the teachers outside of emails. I read their curriculum. I read their handbooks. I, you know, drive past this place every day, and I thought, that's great. That's a great place to send my son. And it has been. It has been a great place, yeah. thankfully, right? But wow, did I just put a lot of trust in them? <laughs> you know, I, right. I assumed there that there's pastors and there's teachers and they're there to help my son and they, and they are. Um, mm. But to hear that's not always the case is just like, wow, shocking, right? Yeah. It's, it is. And I think it's even harder when, I think in Sandy's case too, she, she experienced this where like her youth pastor or teachers, anything daycare providers caregivers they can present themselves to be such a trusting individual Mm -hmm. where it is a true shock when everything rises to the surface and you find out what they have been doing how they have been exploiting children how um they have been grooming people and it's almost like this is where you know victims have a hard time of this because it's hard to believe the victim when the perpetrator seems like such a stand-up person Mm -hmm. and i think that that is just so difficult so then as a mom like i could i could meet with those teachers and i could i could do all of this research and everything but if they're a good actor how i'm not going to i'm going to be none the wiser yeah i know and it's so hard because i think like i mean you want to put the best your i don't know how how i want to say this but you you want to assume best intentions of people right like right we as parents can't go into every situation assuming the worst right but i kind of do even outside of um you know sending my kid away when he's not in my care right i even when when my kids are in my care i'm thinking and planning um you know i take the kids to the park on my own i'm a single woman with two young kids i look around to see where i'm at and i try to figure out okay what would i do if something were to happen in this situation how would i get my kids out of here safely or where would i move to if something bad happened i think that's just like the reality of not only being a mom but being just a woman it's a constant thought in the back of my mind of where I am who's around me what are my surroundings like I I think I just have this like built-in safety mechanism or or awareness and you know what you know what no one told me when I was pregnant with Cass (laughs) is how I was going to be scared for the rest of my life (laughs) they probably told you you won't sleep for a while seriously I (laughs) was when I was pregnant with him I was so scared that something was going to happen with the pregnancy and then when we were nearing delivery I was so scared that something was going to happen with the delivery and then when he was born I was so scared of SIDS and Mm -hmm. all of these things and now he's nearing three years old and those fears have not gone away i still check his windows at night and like all of this stuff because like you said you do you want to believe that everyone has good intentions but the reality is it's not always true you hear all of these horrible stories in the news and you hear stories like sandy's and you you just realize that this could happen this is not out of the realm of possibility Mm -hmm. and then what i really struggle with is 
you know, no one wants to be that helicopter parent. You <laughs> want them to have independence, but oh my gosh, yeah. sometimes my, my fear overtakes me and I try really hard to let my son be independent, but it's like, I, I won't even let him like play in a, the yard without me, like out there with him. Or if I'm at a playground or at a store with him, like he has to be within arm's reach of me or my anxiety starts to build. And I don't want to be that like overbearing parent, but like, yeah. I don't think I could ever forgive myself if something would happen yeah. to him. And that's hard to navigate too. And I imagine it will be even more difficult as, as our kids get older. I mean, both of us have kids under five right now, right? So they're not really doing a ton of stuff outside of, you know, our own family and friends circles. But I mean, think about when they're asking to go to friends' houses or, you know, sleepovers. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I know. hey, I'm going to do a quick interview with your friend's mom to make sure she seems trustworthy. Like, is that... <laughs> Is that well, ridiculous? Because it feels okay in my head when I is. think about it. <laughs> it is. It's really, really crazy. And like, I think back to like my childhood and I feel like I, so I, I grew up with like a single mom um, who also worked full time. And so we very, very much had many situations where we were either in daycare or after school programs or like me and my sisters very much grew up in a church similar to Sandy. We were always at, um, we were there all day Sunday. We were there all day Wednesday. We were at vacation Bible school, all of this stuff. And then when we got into like grade school and everything, my mom was still working. And so we would be walking home by mm -hmm. ourselves. And I had two older sisters. So it's like, it wasn't like I was like a kindergartner walking completely alone, but it was still three elementary school kids walking yeah. about a mile from school to home. And I, that was totally normal for me. And it was nothing ever happened to us. It was perfectly safe. But nowadays nope, as a mom, I was like, I don't me. think I could let my son walk home from school. Like, what if something happens? I don't, I, and we'll see once he gets older if that changes. But like right now, I, I don't know if I could walk in my mom's footsteps. That's terrifying. Yeah, it is. I know. And I think like they will turn into people <laughs> who are less dependent on us. You know, I think right now, truly, they depend on us. And so it is this super extra added responsibility of like, if something happens, it's truly probably <laughs> our fault, really. Um, but, you know, as they grow into people who can be responsible as well, you know, maybe that would change. But totally hear you on that one. I feel like I never walked home from school. I always was on a bus. Um, but even that didn't work out so well for me. Um, one, my first day of third grade, um, I was sent home on the wrong bus. I can't imagine my mom's panic when I did not get off the bus because I wasn't yeah. even near my house. I was literally the last kid sitting on the bus. And I remember the bus driver being like, did you miss your stop? Like, <laughs> And I was like, no, we're not even in my neighborhood. Like, I know where I live. We're not even close, right? Um, and and so I my my poor mom had to have been just a mess thinking, where am I? What happened to me? I sent my daughter to school this morning. She didn't come back from school. <laughs> like what's going on, you know? So like, even in the situations you feel like you can control, 
you can't always control. And yeah. that's, that's a hard thing to kind of process and swallow and think like, oh, that's coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming for us. Yeah, it is. And that that story reminds me of one of my own. Like I said, we would walk home from school. And I think this was when this one must have been when I was a little bit older because my sisters were no longer in elementary school. So I was a little bit older. I think I was walking home either by myself or with a friend. But I decided that I was going to go to a friend's house instead of home. Mm. And so it probably was like closer to dinner time. And my mom did not know where I was. And this was a time before cell phones, of course. And like, and so eventually I, I get home and my mom meets me at the door. I've never seen her so scared in my entire life. And so at that point I was like, crap I don't want to get in trouble so that was what my child brain went through and so I came up with this elaborate lie Uh (laughs) of how I didn't go to a friend's house this was not my fault because I didn't want to be in trouble it was my gym teacher kept us after school because we didn't get through our activity and stuff like that my mom ended up calling the school and ripping them a new one (laughs) to which they told her your daughter lied to you I got pulled into the principal's office the next day Mm. to talk to me about honesty and not lying (laughs) and how this could have been really, really dangerous. And so, like I said, like my mom had to let us off on our own for for quite a while. But I imagine that she didn't have a choice. So she probably was scared about things like that happening because she um, her brain immediately went to something Something that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that didn't work out so well for you. You got in trouble oh, no. at home and at school. <laughs> yep. I learned a lesson that That's day. That's quite a lesson. <laughs> yeah. No, and so it's like even now, um, like when I dragged my feet a lot when I was supposed to be looking for daycares, um, people told me that I should be looking while I was pregnant. And I'm like, I'm going to be on maternity leave for a few months. It'll be fine. I'll have plenty of time. Um, yeah do that sooner because they fill up so it was a lot more involved process than I thought it was going to be I kind of thought that I would just be able to like pick a daycare and be like hey I want to enroll my kid um no it doesn't really work that way but um so when I was looking around and finding places with availability to take him one thing that I absolutely needed was Mm -hmm. some kind of facility that had cameras in the classroom and so I could pull up my app so I could see him during the day and that strictly came from a sense of I like we said we want to assume people have good intentions but Mm -hmm. I immediately assumed they were going to do something bad yeah and I feel like I had to and and his caregivers have been lovely and it's not that I don't trust them but again similar to Sandy like she did trust her youth pastor and and look what happened so it it is a lot of like almost paranoia, but I think as a mom, I realize that my role in his life right now is to protect him yeah. because he can't protect himself. Well, and so you have to yeah. like take those steps to be like, I need to understand who's around you at all times because you're not going to be able to defend well, it's yourself. A, it's a little bit of control too in that you don't have control when you're not with him, but to be able to see... That he is okay, that he is yeah. fine. It kind of gives you that feeling or that sense of, okay, I'm at least aware of where he's at in his day and, and what's going on. Yeah, I totally I totally get that. Um, and I don't have quite that, that level of um, 
we use an in-home daycare. So um, he's in a family home, a different family's home. Well, I have two kids, so both of them <laughs> are in a different, a different family's home throughout the day. Um, but our provider is just awesome, constantly sending updates. Um, I know I could ask her a question at any point in the day, and, and she would, you know, talk to me, get back to me, things like that. So it's, it is. It's building that relationship and building that trust and, and assuming good intent, but having those, you know, not putting up the blinders. And, and that's really the best I think you can do as a parent, right? Like, it is. And it's nothing that you can... You, try, you, you can have it in as much of control, you know, you can control it as only as much as you can, right? Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. It's hard. I know our, our experience is really in the realm of one of precaution. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a great word for it. Yeah. But, but Sandy has a really powerful story of, of her lessons learned because she actually had the misfortune of experiencing it. Um, it took her many years to share her experience. Um, so we do hope that you'll turn in tune into the episode next week just to hear her conversation with Raquel and it's a powerful one it's a very powerful yeah, worth one. a listen for sure yeah until next time thank you for listening and if you want to hear more soul source just subscribe to our show we're available wherever you listen to podcasts and you can watch us too we're on youtube just look for soul source Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.